after much technical difficulty and us being morons a little bit, we finally have our first episode of Sporty Spice. Yay! <laughs> and call it synergy. But before we begin, I'd love to say thanks to our brothers at the Latka Room. Those boys got our backs and definitely would not be in this place without them, without their love and support. So we love you guys very much. We love you very much. So, Naomi, why don't you introduce yourself? Hello, I'm Naomi. <laughs> Great introduction. That's it. We're done. Wrap. It's Great. a wrap. Um, I think the podcast is done. Let's head home. <laughs> yeah, all right. Let's go home. Maybe grab a beer. I was thinking we'd start off with, like, what brought us to this point and, like... Yeah, that's a good idea. Okay, cool. So, I would say that I'm, like, a washed-up soccer player whose life still revolves around soccer, um, and I've done a lot of work previously to help uh, women enter the industry um, and helping myself through that as well. Um, supporting queens. Supporting queens. Um, I know, Rachel, that you have done similar stuff and we actually ended up living together like two or three summers ago. Two summers ago, we summer 2019. We found out that we had uh, this passion in common and that was really such a weird coincidence but a great one yeah too. the fact that they put two Jews from rival schools in the same apartment which by the way I was absolutely convinced I was just going to be roommateless because you didn't show up until two and a half weeks later it took a minute I was breathing um anyways I went to Wisconsin and Rachel into Minnesota so that's the rivalry she's talking about yes but we love each other most of the time <laughs> as roommates do <laughs> yeah. Although, granted, you were, like, never there. <laughs> I was a ponced occasion there. I was working at uh, DC United that summer. Yeah, and our schedules just never lined up. We were just we never in the apartment a, at the same time. You did that as a big train. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah, and you showed up at a game after the ninth inning had already ended. You told me to come. I was being supportive. <laughs> Shows up, like, three hours late. <laughs> I got there. I got to the game. You, you, you're right. You're right. You did get there after the game was already done, but you did get there. Whatever. <laughs> All right. So a little bit about me. I'm also a washed up athlete because that seems to be a trend here. Um, I played hockey for a long time uh, in pretty much every sport except for soccer, weirdly enough, because that's like everyone's starter sport. Like everyone has their little three-year-olds playing soccer, but somehow my brother and I just missed that. And I definitely think it's my parents not wanting to stand outside in the rain for soccer games. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely a washed-up hockey player, used to play in men's leagues. Um, and that definitely like contributed a lot to my like strong passion for women in sports because I played in a men's league and I just really always felt like I had to prove myself there and prove that I belong. Um, and also the idea of this podcast. So it all started, uh, actually like the semester before we met, um, I had a visual communication final and we were supposed to analyze an image and stuff like that. And I just knew I could get away with whatever I wanted on that final because I had had the professor so many times that I could do whatever I wanted, no matter how ridiculous it was. And thus Sporty Spice was born. <laughs> we roll into the frame, not walk, roll into the frame in front of a picture of Michaela Marooney. And 
ended up getting an A on that project, may I just say. Um, but, you know, I just kept kind of having like these weird like fever dreams that, <laughs> that I was actually doing these. And it just got to the point where last week I hit you up and I was like, you know what? Let's actually do it. Let's do it. Full send. I mean, I'm always down for a talking hang and to be uh, talking about these important issues that I think are not really highlighted when you think about sports. And Oh, yeah, for sure. I know similarly to you, like you played with men, like I played a lot with guys growing up and like I played on our high school football team for like three minutes once. Um, yep, yep, yep. Definitely. The ponytail, the ponytail under the helmet. <laughs> yeah, that looks really good. Um, it definitely feels like when you're the only girl in that position, all eyes are on you, you know? And oh, for uh, sure. kind of represent the gender and that like, if you're not doing a good job, then people think that women can't play sports. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's definitely a lot of pressure to put on a singular person, especially when we were as young as we were kind of representing our gender. And it goes back to what I said before, like it really puts a lot of pressure on us to like prove that we belong there. So, and honestly, what I've seen in both of our sports is that women tend to, I mean, obviously this is like a broad blanket statement, but from what I've seen for the most part in hockey and soccer is women tend to have more technical skill because they need to like kind of prove that they can play this sport. And obviously the rules are a little bit different for women's and men's soccer and hockey, but yeah, I've definitely noticed that the women are a lot more technically skilled where the men try to more use their size and their body. Whereas the women are just like really honing in on their skills and like doing as much as they possibly can to just show off their skill and be like, Hey, why aren't we getting paid? <laughs> right. I mean, that definitely spans across multiple sports. Um, interestingly enough, soccer is actually one of those sports where the rules are the same. It's just, I would say the speed of play is different, but I almost think with women's and men's soccer, they're not really like a comparative thing. They're, they're two entirely different entities. Right. Um, when you watch the men's game, what they're focused on is not what the women's game is focused on. I do think like what you said with hockey, um, the technical side is definitely there with women's soccer. Um, if you look at the passes and the ideas, um, I think they're a lot more creative than what you see in the men's game, which is oh, yeah, more like sure. get the ball to the corners, cross the ball and finish. It's a lot about power, strength and speed. Um, whereas you find that the women's game is focused on different things. And I, I think it's not even fair really to compare them. Um, yeah, uh, I was gonna say something and I just lost it. Story of my life. Yeah, no, you're definitely right. Like it's hard, it's hard to compare them. And like, granted, they are the same sport, but they also feel so different because again, it's so focused on different things. And honestly, I prefer to watch women's soccer just because it is more interesting to watch. Like it's not the same plays over and over again. It's not just rushing to the other end of the field and going into the corners and making these one pass kick plays. Like the women are doing all these crazy things with their feet that would make me eat shit. <laughs> I would just fall face first into the grass. But yeah, no, it's definitely an interesting thing to look at. Like the technical side is definitely a lot more prevalent in women's sports, especially like soccer and hockey, a little less so with basketball, uh, just because it's really not that different, the two sports, but for certain sports like soccer and hockey, it's like apples and oranges. They're so different. It's crazy. And actually 
weirdly enough, but today is the two year anniversary of the USA women's hockey team winning gold. Woo! How many golds do they have? Two, I think. Unless like in the like Olympics level, I think two. Mm -hmm. Um, The first one being in 98 when they made their Olympic debut and then the most recent one being the second. But they have one in like world juniors and stuff like that, but that's like much more small scale and not really like paid that close attention to. But I definitely think the Olympics like really do a lot for women's sports just because they do put them on that high platform that people aren't really used to seeing. Yeah. I mean, like it, it's it's almost impossible to find like streams of women's games yeah. because they're just not covered. But when the Olympics rolls around, everyone's like, whoa, look at these women. They're awesome. And then they just kind of forget about them for four more years. And even when those streams, you know, are covered, even when they're filming those games, that doesn't always matter because having access to those games is not as simple as it would be for literally. Exactly. Like you can pull up men's like bowling faster than you can find a women's soccer game a lot of times um yeah like the skeet shooting <laughs> right, right right really obscure things that you wouldn't think are as mainstream uh which is because it's men playing them you get a lot more coverage and then a lot more uh screen time as well so yeah and it's also a lot to do with like just the association and recognizableness that wasn't a word <laughs> there's just like recognition of the sports and the athletes and just like having these tv contracts and <clears throat> granted in over the past few years there have been a lot of strides towards making women's sports more accessible and more covered but it's still just not doing enough I mean like having like the NHL be like, yeah, go women is really not doing anything for the sport. It's just being like, yeah, okay, these women exist, but we're not actually going to help fund them and we're not going to broadcast them. We're just going to have one Olympian be on a broadcast team every now and then, which big shouts to Kendall Coyne Showfield, but no, no hate, love that woman. But that's pretty much the extent of the coverage they get. And it's like, they want to, say that they're supporting them without actually doing enough to actually support them well and you see that a lot with um race as well Mm -hmm. um especially in hockey i mean most recently you know black history month they had the willie o'ree black history month skates and they were just pretty the nhl was just pretty much like look at our seven players of color we can't be racist we have seven players of color and obviously that is like a big gap in accessibility to the sport because hockey is such an expensive sport to play. And obviously in lower income areas, there's not going to be hockey players just because it's like $300 for a stick alone. Um, And also like ice time's expensive and it's ridiculous hours and you have to have that accessibility to get to these places at these ridiculous hours. So you definitely see the race divide and the economic divide a lot. But it's, and granted, again, they are doing a lot to like change that, but it still just doesn't feel like it's enough. You know, it just kind of feels like they're using them as their poster children and not like going further into the issues. Like after that whole murder of George Floyd, I was furious with the Rangers. I was absolutely furious because they were the last team to comment on it. They didn't even acknowledge what was wrong and what happened. They were just like, yeah, 
Black Lives Matter, but they weren't like, hey, cops should not be murdering black people. Um, and it's just like a really harmful environment, especially when you're getting these young black players into the game. It's very discouraging for them. I mean, the Rangers have Keandre Miller, who's this young black kid from Minnesota, and they were still employing two racists, Tony D'Angelo and Brendan Lemieux. Granted, Chris Kreider did God's work by punching D'Angelo in the face after he attacked. That was the, I didn't think I could love Chris Kreider more than I did in that moment, but yet here we are. But like, you know, it's like, they're saying all these things without really taking much action to change it. Right. And it's just I think we're hard. definitely moving in the right direction in terms of diversifying with gender as well as race. Um, with the teams, with the staff, with the press. It's definitely moving in the right direction, but also very slowly. I think there's a lot more to be done. And I think that one thing that this podcast can touch on is not only identifying these issues, but then moving forward and thinking of helpful ways to fix these issues and things that maybe people can go out um, in their regular day um, and just try and work towards. Um, I think that that's one thing that would be really fun to cover in these podcasts. And I know that we're gonna- Yeah, I agree. Um, who's your friend who's gonna join us next time? The triple whammy himself, Isaiah Ike Frankel, the black Jewish hockey player from California. What, what a guy. He is literally the poster child for our cause. <laughs> yeah, so I'm very excited to have him on because, you know, this has definitely been something that we've talked about a lot together because I'm very close with Ike and I worked with the team that he plays for for two years and there's a lot of racism in the locker room and like it's something that he's not comfortable with, but it's like these are your teammates. It's hard to speak up to against them when you have to spend all your time with them. And it's like, well, what do you do in these situations? Why aren't the coaches doing anything about it? You know, there's just so much to be done. And it's just upsetting. Like when he tells me about all these racist interactions, like uh, two weeks ago or something like that, they were playing this team. And one of the guys on the other team called him the N-word, like with the hard R too, which granted no use of the N-word is okay ever but especially that, and the kid got ejected from the game, and usually that would be a 30-game suspension, but they didn't even suspend him. Yeah, and it's just like, how like how do you expect the game to grow and expand when you're not protecting your Black players or your women players? It's just really upsetting to see, especially because, like, Ike is a great guy. He's amazing. He's such a good kid. He try, He works really hard, but it's like he's just – has to like put up with this really toxic environment and it's really him against everyone else it's crazy That's crazy i can't believe that he didn't have more of a fallout or more penalties for saying that That's like yeah right isn't that insane i was so upset to hear that it was really and there's only like two guys on the team who ever like defend him really and it's like as teammates you need to support him more right. like allyship is it's upsetting even, you know, if you're not a teammate, just out in the world, for sure. Yeah, like, it's like, th these things are not acceptable. And, like, granted, like, our society is all sorts of fucked up, but, and it definitely harbors these kind of resentment towards race and gender. But, you know, if you see your friend or teammate or just anyone being treated like this, you can't just sit there and not, and, and let it happen. Like, it's, it's so harmful to them, to their psyche, to their, like, self-worth to their dedication to the sports. And it's just like, 
just really, really emphasizes what's wrong with these sports and it's not being fixed. Right. I think that's actually a really good way to end talking about how these things definitely need to change and how that's what we're going to be focusing on for the rest of our Yes, I'm very excited to talk and I'm very excited to have Ike next week. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm glad that we could start pretty light today, but still cover what's important. And yeah, this podcast is going to be a lot of fun. And it's also like, I definitely think it's an important thing to talk about because I mean, we are two women in a male dominated industry and we see a lot of discrimination on a regular basis. And talking about it is the first step to fixing these things. Absolutely. Bring awareness.